The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We're going to talk about why the one seed matters for the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to also chat about the wide receiver need for the Green Bay Packers, and we're going to answer your questions. The responses were great. We really appreciate that. The reason why the responses were great is because they were following us on social media, uh, most notably Instagram, Tapping the Keg Sports there. You can also follow on Facebook, Tapping the Keg Sports. Follow on Twitter, uh, Tapping the Keg, and TikTok, Tapping the Keg Sports as well. Uh, if you are already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you're rating and reviewing. We'd really appreciate that. Get more people to know about us. If you found us, whether it be through a hashtag or something else, um, make sure you're subscribed. We like to have fun. All right, let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Milwaukee Bucks are one game out of the one seed uh, to the Miami Heat. There is a hodgepodge in the top four. It is likely that the Milwaukee Bucks, no matter what, will be guaranteed a top four seat. Chicago has fallen off, and honestly, Chicago could maybe fall into the play-in game. It's not out of this world to say that if Chicago keeps losing games. The, uh, DeMar DeRozan had an adductor strain, which is like right on your groin for those who are not sports medicine people. That's not a great injury to have. That's not an injury that can just be a one-time injury. Usually you have multiple weeks where that could be a problem, depending on how severe the strain is. It could be just a tweak and that causes the miss the New Orleans game. But right now, Chicago can't have any guys missing games. There's no really load management for Chicago as they're trying to keep at least the five seed. They're trying to keep the five seed and kind of stay above water. But the Bulls finish has been disappointing. But we're not here to talk about the Bulls. Obviously, we're here to talk about the Bucks. And the Bucks are maybe going to get the one seed. They have an opportunity. The door has been open. The Miami Heat are struggling of late. The Miami Heat are fighting each other. Now, Miami is like, this is stuff we do all the time. You know, PJ Tucker had something uh, on his Instagram story because, of course, he did, saying, like, this is not a big deal. And this is the first time the Heat have got any sort of credit for the season they've had, which is an incredible fucking spin zone. But I, I'm sorry, the Heat have kind of just plotted along. The Heat, Heat have plotted along. And I think people are figuring out that you can hunt Tyler Hero down the stretch. And because you can hunt Tyler Hero down the stretch, the Heat are very susceptible. The fact that Duncan Robinson has turned into the D3 version of himself is another factor to why the Heat are really not, to me, as much of a worry as I think Philadelphia and Boston and a little bit of Brooklyn are. I, I just, the Heat, to me, I think the Bucks can handle. I think the Bucks kind of figured it out in that last game when they closed out on a 15, whatever, that run was incredible. I don't have the actual numbers itself. So the Bucks could be a one seed. The Bucks could be the one seed. And some would say, well, the one seed is something you don't want because the path could be you're facing Brooklyn in the first round, you're facing Boston in the second round, and then whoever comes out of Philadelphia, Miami, that's who you're facing in the conference finals. Yes, that is a gauntlet. That is not necessarily a great path. But we don't know what, right now where everyone's going to end up. It's possible that Philly and Boston are in the lower part and Miami's all the way down to a four. It's possible that you know you could have Philadelphia at the four. So then you're facing Philly in the second round and Miami and Boston are battling it out in the second round if you know things stay chalk. But with how the East has been, I don't know if you can guarantee that things will stay chalk. You could have a combination where... 
I'm trying to think the other vert. That would probably be it, right? I was like, I was like, is there another combination I'm missing? But no, those would be the combinations. I think it's way too early to just be like, all right, we don't want the one seed because we don't want to face Brooklyn. I mean, no one knows right now if the Nets are going to be the seven seed. To me, if the Nets and Cavs face each other in the playing game, the Nets are going to win that game. The Cavaliers are leaking oil, just similarly to what the Bulls are doing. I think Toronto is going to be the six. And it's going to end up being that Cleveland is the is the seven and playing in the playing game against the Brooklyn Nets, and I, and that would mean that Kyrie can play. That means there's no issue there, and I think Brooklyn wins that game. Like I think Brooklyn would be favored by five or six points, even though they're on the road, and they would be pretty surprising if Cleveland would be able to win that game. Even though the hype would be crazy, it would be a huge deal for the city of Cleveland. I just do not see it at all. Like I, I just don't do not see the opportunity there. So I, you know, so so right there is an example of why maybe you do want the one seed because the seven could be Brooklyn, and I think Brooklyn can beat Toronto in Toronto without Kyrie. Like I, I do. I I think the Raptors are very talented, but I just Durant postseason just I, the whole Toronto thing too. By the way, Durant toward the ACL against Toronto in the finals in Toronto. I I, I just think like that'll matter. Like I think that will be a, a huge storyline heading into that game if it is Brooklyn and and Toronto because that that's just one of those things where it's it, it will matter to Durant. Durant remembers fucking everything. Okay, so. I, I'm not ready to be like, okay, we don't want the one seed because we want to avoid a certain team. Like, if you're scared, go to church. If you're, and we've said this for a while now, and yeah, could that backfire? Sure, but I trust this Bucks team against anybody in the NBA. I, they look like the best team in the NBA. I will realize the Wizards are awful. I realize the Wizards are just trying to get to Cancun. But the fact that Milwaukee laid the hammer down on them without Giannis or, or uh, Chris Middleton was incredible. Um, that was an awesome effort from the Bucks. Leaked a little oil at the end, but they were able to figure it out and right the ship. And you have the Bucks just playing really, really solid basketball. Again, last night, defensively, you allowed 102 points. They, they didn't get be, below 100, but... Last two games now, 102 points and 96 points. That's pretty good. For a Bucks team that had not been playing that much defense, that is a really good defensive effort. I'm very curious to see what they do against Memphis, Philly, and Brooklyn. And I, I think all those games matter in their own right. I would say if you were ranking level of importance, if we had to like marry, fuck, kill those three games, I would probably say it is marry, the Brooklyn game. It weirdly, I know that you'd be like, well, why wouldn't you say Philly? Because they lost to Philly like a week. But hear me out. I, I think that it's really important to understand what that Nets team looks like with Kyrie and KD. They haven't seen that yet. I think it's really important to get that tape, understand. I personally, if I were the Bucs, I wouldn't show a ton. Like, I, I, they know what Milwaukee's going to do. I mean, these guys had a seven-game series against each other. But I, I would not necessarily unveil any sort of new wrinkles. But then combinations of what work. Is it less Bobby Portis? Is it more Brooke Lopez? Is Javon Carter and Drew Holiday lineups coming in because they have a small... We talked a little bit about this on Tabby the Keg, so I don't want to over overdo it. But to me, that's the most important of that road trip. Then I would say fuck would be Philadelphia... Um, basically just because, you know, obviously what we 
just mentioned, you know, we lost the Sixers right before the All-Star break. Sixers should have both Embiid and Harden if they're not going to duck us. If they duck us, let me tell you, I will go on a fucking rampage. I will guarantee you that I will go on a complete rampage about that. And I will call that team as soft as the cream cheese is in Philadelphia um, because that's ridiculous and preemptively mad about that. But no, I want to see Harden and Embiid. I think that's, again, a really good look for the Bucks to have. I think Embiid versus Brook Lopez and Giannis and Serge Ibaka is going to be a lot different than Embiid versus Ibaka and Giannis uh, and Bobby Portis. Just, I, I really do. And I am curious in both those games to see what Bobby's impact is going to be because Bobby didn't play much against Brooklyn last year. Um, and I feel like Philly is another team where it might not be a Bobby moment, shall we say. And then lastly is Memphis. I, look, Memphis keeps winning games. Um, Memphis might be the Bucks of 2018 where they get to the Western Conference Finals playing Phoenix and all of a sudden it kind of is like, holy shit, we're two games away from winning the finals and it all falls apart. But I look at Memphis and I can't like say, oh, this is a scrappy underdog. Like while we just talked about Chicago and Cleveland leaking oil, Memphis is not leaking oil. Uh, Memphis is a full fledged machine right now and they're playing really good basketball even without John Morant. And who knows if they're resting John Morant because of just kind of a load management thing or if the, real, the back injury is a real issue. Um, I would love John to play on Saturday. I think it's gonna be a great night. Saturday night, uh, you got Bucks Grizzlies and Duke Arkansas. Like that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Shannon already was like, "Come to Red, White, and Blue." He's like, "I'll see you at Red, White, and Blue." I'm like, "Ah, maybe, maybe." Uh, but but definitely uh, can find a place to watch it. Maybe Saturday night uh, with with the guys. Uh, maybe we can organize something. A little white tail, maybe uh, that could, that could be a play. We'll see. So yes, to, to summarize the one seed, and because I feel like I made done a bad job there, is the fact that you still get a home court, right? You have home court the entire playoffs. And that to me is still important. And it's not necessarily like we have no idea how this is going to play out. So why not just get the home court and then worry about the teams you have after it? Home court, the Bucks have kind of defied it, right? They were able to beat the Nets in Brooklyn in game seven. But the fact of the matter is, is like, it's not necessarily something you want to do. Like that's not something you actively seek out. Like, oh, I want to have a road game seven. Like you want to have all your game sevens at home. And that's really important. So the more, the higher the seed or the lower the seed actually, the better, you know, game seven opportunities you have. And that to me is always going to matter. That's always going to factor in. So I don't really care about the opponent. I care about the opportunity to make sure that the Pfizer Forum is the place where the Bucks are having a critical game seven, not somewhere in New York or Philadelphia or Boston. Let it be in Milwaukee for those game sevens. Moving on to the wide receiver issue with the Green Bay Packers. So Marquez Valdez-Scantling signed a three-year, $36 million deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think a lot of people thought this was a possibility uh, with the fact that the Green Bay Packers aren't necessarily willing to spend a ton. Not that the cap isn't fake because it is. Um, Green Bay didn't just necessarily have a lot of wiggle room. They didn't have space to probably do about a three-year deal. They probably were saying to Marquez, come back for one year. They were trying to get him back on a one-year deal. Then the Tyree Kill stuff happens. And before you know it, 
he is a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. And now they have a very fast unit with Valdez Scantling and McCole Hardman. It's pretty cool for MVS now. Going from Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes as the quarterbacks that throw him the football. That's incredible. Um, and I do worry that MVS could have a James Jones-like kind of ascend. I, I think that MVS has the ability to really be special. He stopped dropping the football. And I just think there is a lot that can be unlocked with that guy. Um, so I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm not... Look, I don't want to pay him $12 million a year, okay? Like, I really don't. Um, but I just look at this and say there's a real opportunity for him to kind of have a breakout year. I saw Matt Barry's snarky tweet about how, oh, he's not going to be a Tyree Kill replacement. Of course not. Like, I, I hate the fantasy, like, expert sometimes when it's like, it's not everything. It ha and I know that's Matt's job, but at the same time, it's like, all right, he, yes, he won't be Tyree Kill, sure. But he will be a complimentary piece that will help Patrick Mahomes. He just has to stay healthy. And that's been the big problem. And I think for the Packers, they didn't necessarily want to give him a multi-year deal because of the injuries. The injuries have been a real factor for MVS. It's been on and off. He hasn't necessarily been able to stay on the field. So I'm not necessarily sad about it. I just do see the potential. And I think that's why Kansas City brought him in. Brent Veach is a very smart general manager. He wouldn't be bringing in MVS um, if he didn't think that there was a chance he could really thrive in that Chiefs offense. And I think he will. And I think that there will be frustration from Packer fans potentially. But I do think that looking at the contract, it's a lot. It's just a lot for a, a guy who hasn't necessarily proved it. As for what Green Bay might do at the receiver position, I think that's a really interesting question now. You have Jarvis Landry who just fired his agent. Jarvis Landry has been a name thrown out there for a while. I think there are some that are hoping potentially Devontae Parker or Brandon Cooks could be on the table for, for Green Bay. Um, both, I would say, don't really excite me. Um, don't really kind of get me going. I mean, Brandon Cooks kind of been a consummate professional. He actually had a really good year in Houston last season. And if they're willing to trade Cooks, I would be for it. Um, he's definitely had some injury issues, concussion issues specifically, but I do think Brandon Cooks would be a Packer-like receiver. I feel like with Devontae Parker, my worry there is he had one good year in his contract year, got his money, and he hasn't really done shit since. So that to me is a kind of a red flag, right? That's like somebody who, I'm trying to think of like a red flag example, but it, it's not coming. So yes, I, I could see Green Bay doing going that route. Obviously, there's the DK Metcalf stuff that's kind of been floating, floating around. I'll believe it when I see it. Someone told DK to come to Cleveland, and he's like, close the door. It's cold there or something like that. So like he, he doesn't seem like he's ready to make a move. I think he's pretty happy where he is. So I wouldn't be, I'd kind of be surprised at this point if they were to deal DK, just because I could see them looking at Metcalf as sort of a cornerstone of the franchise, especially if they're going to draft a quarterback, whether it be Malik Willis, whether it be Kenny Pickett, whether it be um, Sam Howell in the second round or something like that. I, I think that they would be hesitant to trade DK being and the fact that he has a contract coming up. I, I don't know if it's a complete rebuild for, for Seattle, rather maybe a reload for the Seahawks. And that's kind of what I think they're going to try to do um, with an older coach and Pete Carroll. But I imagine Pete Carroll will retire soon. I can't see Pete Carroll coaching until he's 80, but who knows? Maybe, maybe, that, maybe he will. 
But yeah, I, I don't think it's worth freaking out about the Green Bay Packers and their wide receivers because we've got a long way to go. All right. Like we are in the month of March. We don't play actual NFL football for six months. We've got a long way to go. I think it's it's kind of reckless at this point to be like, all right, yeah, that's going to be our receiving core. It's like, yes, at this point, if the season started tomorrow, we'd be kind of fucked. But it doesn't start tomorrow. There's a draft. There are free agencies. There are trades that can happen after June 1st, right? So I think everybody should just chill and see what happens. There's a plan. Aaron knows it. Aaron's dialed in. They're going to make something happen. Trust me. And if I'm wrong and if I have egg on my face about this, that's so be it, all right? And I'm going to be like, well, I don't understand the plan. At some point, I'll say that. At some point, I'll say I understand. I understood that I thought they had a plan, and now I don't know. But I probably won't say that until July. Because, if, yeah, if the receiving core looks the same in July, then, yeah, we have fucking problems, all right? But it's not July. It's March. So don't necessarily be ready to feel like this Packer team will not do anything with receivers. Remember, this is not Ted Thompson. This is Brian Gunacus. Things are different. I know there's a lot of PTSD with Ted, but I'm telling you, Goot will make sure the Packers have a good wide receiving core. All right, moving on to your questions. Thank you to all that submitted. I really appreciate it. Uh, it makes it a lot, f- lot more fun when these questions get asked because I think it's a, a good way to connect and definitely love to uh, hear from everybody. So there, the questions were good. Uh, we will answer those now. First question is, what are your top three hype songs? Great question. Um, I, it was actually pretty easy to answer that. Uh, Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit is always going to be that number one. I love Break Stuff. Uh, Break Stuff was a song I always listened to before games uh, when I was playing football still. Um, I'd have my Walkman on and I'd be kind of like doing stretching and things like that. Break stuff always had to be on the Walkman. I think I don't. I don't think I had an iPad. iPod. I'm so fucking old. <laughs> but like, I was a huge fan of that song. To me, that thing gets me going. I'm always ready to fucking brawl and feel good. Like that hype is an interesting like word because you can take it as like, oh yeah, you're like ready to go out, you're ready to party, or you're just ready to like throw around some heavy weights at this point. No, not no athletic things for me i'm 33 like i can't i can't be playing football or basketball like no no chance in hell so i'm looking at it more from what i like to throw around weights to break stuff is definitely number one number two uh job well done by run the jewels i love that song that to me is is just one that just gets me fired up every fucking time like i'm always ready to go after i hear that song uh killing mike and lp are just great. Um, I saw them in concert this summer. Uh, they were fantastic. Uh, they were great at Summerfest. I hope they come back. Would love to see them again. Uh, the third song on that list is a cliche one, but Dreams and Nightmares by Nick Meek Mill. All time. Like to me, that is like an all-time hype song. Meek Mill is a hype artist. Like I love Glow Up, I love Monster, like I think Meek Mill is definitely like one of those top hype guys in terms of songs. But yeah, I love Dreams and Nightmares. Dreams and Nightmares, I could go all day on Dreams and Nightmares. And I love when it drops. Like once that that beat drops, it's like, holy shit, let's fucking go. 
And that's that's always how I feel when Dreams and Nightmares comes on, whether it's when I'm lifting, when I'm running, like I love it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I there's so many more. Um, I have like a playlist of over 700 songs for running. So if you guys need it, if you're like someone who does cardio and you need like a playlist, it's completely varied. It, there's rock, there's hip hop, there's some EDM in there. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. Other other songs that I like just on that I'm thinking through that I, I that I didn't necessarily add on that top three, but are definitely there. Like I said, Meek Mill, No Hands is always one that's a classic. Like No Hands always plays. Sicko Mode's great. Um, I like Blood on the Leaves by Kanye. I don't think a lot of people would consider that to be a like hype song. Monster by Con- by Kanye is also great. I'm trying to think if I can get you a non rap song fuck up some commas another one that's incredible oh man i'm trying to go on not hip-hop any cruella is also good like old cruella uh killing it or something like that that's always that can always play too so yeah levels by avici also in that hype hype category you can't leave out levels by avici okay i did way more than three sorry about that if you could put an NBA team in any place, where would be the next NBA team? What would be their colors? What would be their name? So this is a very detailed question. Um, and first of all, we definitely would have two NBA teams. So I could answer in the way that I think the NBA would answer, and it would be Vegas and Seattle. Um, but I let's let's try something different. Let's not do Vegas. Should we do Vegas? Let's just do Vegas because that's where it's going to be. It's going to be Vegas. That's one of the teams. Uh, and I, I'm i trying to think what their lo- the Las Vegas. I always like alliteration. So if you have alliteration, you can't really do Lynx. can't really do the Las Vegas Lancers. That doesn't sound great. Uh, Las Vegas Loons. That doesn't work um, because there's no Loons. That's, and that's the name of the MLS team in Minnesota. Uh, what what do you go? Cats? The Las, the Las Vegas Gamblers, I don't think. I, I could see something like the Las Vegas High Rollers because, you know, their uh, WNBA team is the Aces. I could see, like, the High Rollers. That seems a little long, but I, I do kind of like it. The Vegas the Vegas High Rollers, and so you don't use the Las Vegas. It's just Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Now nah, you can't do Vegas Victors. But, yeah, I could see the Las Vegas High Rollers. And then I would say the colors would probably be something like gold, gold and red. I think actually that's like what the Aces Pantones are, gold, red, black. That's kind of what I would see from a uniform perspective. Um, their high, their mascot would be a gambling chip. I, I don't know. That would be, I wonder if that would lean too far into gambling. Like, could you call it the Las Vegas? You can't do the Kings. I was like, oh, could you do Las Vegas Kings? No, that doesn't work. Uh the Las Vegas Jacks, like kind of like a blackjack thing. Las Vegas Jackrabbits, but your mascot is a like a jackrabbit wearing like a card suit or something like that, kind of like a play on blackjack. So Las Vegas Jack Jackrabbits. I don't. I actually don't hate that. That's my answer. And so I said high rollers, which was awful. Las Vegas Jackrabbits. Let's go. I think that's the team. Like that, the Jackrabbits. I don't even know if there are Jackrabbits in fucking Vegas. But that's okay. That I mean, look, there are there is there jazz in New Orleans, or I'm sorry, not New Orleans. Is there jazz in Utah? No, it's, they were called the New Orleans Jazz, and then they went to Utah. That's you know, it's, shit happens. What is your favorite shoe 
And then in parentheses, you better say Dada. Okay, so this came from Shannon. Um, and Mach had the, the other one, so shout out to him. In terms of the Dada experience, so that's a story. Um, I I got some Dadas, which were Chris Weber's shoe. Um, I was famously known for getting shoes that did not match uh, my Tosa West green. Um, I went to a school called Tosa West, most probably know. Uh, but it was forest green. I defied logic. Um, I was ahead of my time, really, because you see guys now, like they wear colored shoes. Like Bobby Portis yesterday, I think, or no, this was Tuesday when I was at the game. They had he had like black and black and yellow shoes. So it's like, I mean, Bobby, I was a trendsetter, really, in a lot of ways. So because I was famously known for having some Steve franchises that were red uh, with green, those were very comfortable. I like those. Um, then I had the T Mac blues. Um, which were bright blue. Didn't like those as much because they had like a an extra like thing you had to fit into. I hated. Uh, it was really annoying, and I they did protect your ankles really well, but weren't my favorites. I think from a favorite shoe, I absolutely love Pro Models. I had a Pro Model basketball shoe. Did I? I didn't have Pro Model basketball shoes, but I had Pro Model cleats, and I love those things. They were green. I I really liked how they looked. Um, and they were just extremely comfortable. Like I, I adored them. I actually think I bought like a pro model, like black version for college, which I've worn when I've played football. It's been a while since I've played football again, but those, I loved those green pro models. Those green pro models I thought were so sexy. I remember being jealous of my friend Josh who had the green pro models for basketball. Um, and I wasn't playing basketball then. Like I had retired from the game. Um, was put in too many buckets in people's faces where I had to retire. Um, no, not really. Uh, I just wasn't that good. Talked to the the varsity coach, which is a whole other story about him asking me to be the manager, which is uh, one of the most disrespectful things of my entire life. Um, was one of those things where I wanted to punch him right up, right across the right across the face. It was just utterly disrespectful. I, I don't think he realized it, but it was just an absolute fucking shot to my basketball career. I was like, well, I'm done. Fuck this. But yeah, uh, Pro Models uh, would probably be my answer um, in like the non-sports world. I love. I had a pair of Cole Haan boots that I absolutely loved. I, I need to get a new pair um, because they're kind of wrecked, but they're great. They were like these leather boots. They were zip up. They really looked nice. Like you could wear them with jeans. You could wear them with like dress slacks when we still wore dress slacks. You can wear them to like for like weddings, things like that. Those things were as versatile as you could get. So I always I always really like a versatile shoe. Um, one of my biggest shoe mistakes besides the Dada's, I didn't even tell the Dada story um, all over the place here this morning. Uh, so let's let's tell the Dada story. I'll just tell another bad shoe story. So I got these Dada's. I was excited. I was fired up. And because they were kind of new. Um, the Dada's were this big sort of thing. And they had the spinners. I didn't get the spinners because that wasn't that cool. Um, but I just got the regular ones. I got the blues. Um, I could have got green. Of course, I didn't. I got black and blue um, that were like kind of looked Orlando Magic-y, if you will. And I started to play in them and they immediately, the blue started to come off. Like, I don't I don't know. I probably had less than, less than three or four um, times using them and the thing started to come off. And that was the last time I had Dada's. I took them back. 
um, and got something else. I can't really remember what it was. Um, also, too, I also had these Pumas one time where I tried to convince myself that I didn't have wide feet and got these really tight Pumas. I wore them for like two or three days and I ripped the shoe. Um, so there's that. Um, and then the last thing I was going to tell shoe-wise was I, my mom, my sweet mom, bid on me to get custom shoes from this guy, Chris Huey, C2 Custom, shout out. And I picked like fucking creamsicle orange Air Force Ones that I never really wore. Just an absolute waste of my mom's money. I'm such a dickhead. Uh, but yeah, wow. I talked a lot about shoes. Holy shit. That was more shoe talk than probably anybody needed. All right, we still have more questions. I need to get through these a little bit quicker. See, when I start talking about this stuff, I can, I can go all day. Uh, also questions that were asked. Who would win a fight between Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg? Um, I definitely am taking Snoop. There's no question about it. Willie's, while Willie is a scrappy old fighter, there's no no question about it. Snoop's winning that. I also don't think either of them would fight. Like I, I think they would just want to smoke weed and hang out. Like why would Snoop and Willie be beefing? I think they would just want to smoke a bunch of weed and get really really high. I don't think anyone's fighting between Willie and Snoop, but I would take Snoop. If you're a brewer, what's your walk-up song? I was going to say Bombs by uh, Fabulous. I love that song. Uh, it's been one of my favorites recently. I'd also maybe do like a Shouse remix. Like, all I need is your love tonight. And then you hit that beat. I, I kind of like sometimes the EDM coming up to the plate because I think it gets everybody fired up. Like, I think everybody just kind of gets going. Like, I loved... Uh, I love the Rizzo, like, yeah, it's the Cubs, whatever, but dunce, dunce, let's dance, do, 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 do. like, that's great, like, that, that always, that always plays, so I think EDM would actually probably be my answer, I'd say that over bombs, okay, and I think the last one, uh, top three co co college basketball games ever, wow, really good question, um, I had to think a lot about this. Uh, actually, not to like spin this, but what I thought about is I've had so many moments where I've missed like great games. So like North Carolina Villanova when Chris Jenkins hits that shot, I fell asleep on the on my girlfriend's couch. We're now my wife, but it was my girlfriend at the time. I fell asleep on the couch, and I woke up and I saw Chris Jenkins hit that shot. So, but I missed like most of the second half, so I can't really count that. I was so mad. I was like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, I fell asleep. Uh, there was that. Um, there's also the Illinois-Arizona game in 2005 when Illinois has the crazy comeback against the Wildcats. We were at a Hooters in Destin, Florida at like age 16. Uh, and we weren't really watching the game. At some point, we kind of started watching it. But we were just fucking around like looking at girls being horny teenagers, right? So I missed that one. I'm trying to think. There was another one I thought of where I was like, oh, I fucking missed that game. Oh, Gonzaga UCLA last year. I was getting confirmed in the church. And I come out. And it was like a three-hour church service. And I come out. And they're like, yeah, Jalen Suggs hits this buzzer beater. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I was like, damn it. And uh, and now, uh, Final Four this year, I have a wedding. So if you, there's going to probably be a great game. Because I have a penchant to miss really good college basketball games. But if I were to say, like, great games, the ones that came to mind for me... 
I thought the Xavier Kansas State double overtime game, Jacob Pullen, Jordan Crawford, back and forth. It was an awesome, awesome basketball game. Uh, the both teams just kept making shots. Gus Johnson was on the call. Uh, it's great. Uh, look it up if you haven't. If you don't remember it, it's one of the better games. Um, I absolutely love that game. It's one that just kind of comes to mind when we're talking about this sort of thing. It is an all-time great for me. I'd be remiss not to say the six-overtime game against UConn and Syracuse just because there was nothing like it. I don't even know if it was that great of a game, but the fact that they went to six overtimes and it really has never been replicated is something where I I feel like I was blessed that I was able to sort of witness history with that one. And then my last one's more of a recent answer, but Purdue-Virginia... That Elite Eight game was phenomenal. Like, I know Virginia is not known for necessarily having sort of this up-tempo space, but that, to me, was really, really good. And and I hate to say it, because it was, it was it, they'll, they'll hate me, but Wisconsin-Kentucky in 2014, when Harrison hits the shot, was also all-time. That, that game was unbelievable. I remember where I was. I was at Old Brothers. Um, I you could have dropped a fucking pin in that place. Um, that was absolutely incredible um, in terms of in terms of games because that that played like that was such a good game. And I know it was a heartbreak for a lot of my Badger fan friends. If I had to say like favorite Marquette like all time games, I'm just thinking tournament games. Like I'm sure there are a bunch of regular season examples, uh, but I'm trying to think if there is a Marquette game that really oh the Dwayne Wade game. Yeah, the the final four or the elite eight game for Dwayne Wade, where he has the triple double or the yeah the triple double. I not necessarily a great game because it didn't go down the wire, but that's like an all time performance for me. That will always that will always be in the memory bank for that. All right, thank you for all the questions. Uh, we will continue to do this. Uh, thank you for all that participated. Uh, we will be back. Monday. We will talk about what happens this weekend. We have Bucks Grizzlies. We'll have a Final Four. We will, who knows, maybe some Packer news. Maybe we'll check in with the Brewers. I kind of should probably do a Keston Hero segment. Um, I know what we've said about not getting excited for spring training, but Keston Hero probably deserves our attention. So maybe we'll do a Hero segment on Monday. So we'll talk to you guys then. Take care. Have a great weekend. I think I'll be out Saturday. So if you are out, let me know. Hit me up in the DMs. Tap the Keg Sports. Uh, We can go grab a beer and uh, chat it up, do hoops. All right, take care. Have a good one. Bye.